everyone uh, from me, Brent. It's Tuesday night, nine o'clock. It's time for the handicap rugby chat. That matters. What a day I've had. Travelled back from Durban. My son was on rugby tour there. The trip down, we were delayed for an hour due to protest action on the way down, and then we hit roadworks in Peter Maritzburg. Took us about eight hours. The trip back this morning, two hours without moving in traffic at Maritzburg. I mean, I'm talking. We stopped the car. Nobody moved for two hours. There was some abnormal vehicle blocking the route. It was an absolute nightmare. But anyway, I'm back. I haven't had a lot of time to look at the rugby, but that's why I got a panel, not of two, but of three this week to see if we can match a last week's exploits when both Chris and the Undertaker were on good form. And let me start at the bottom of the screen with Undertaker. Henrik, welcome back to the show, mate. Hi, Brent. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on again. Um, like you said, we had a good one last week, so I think we can build on that. And yeah, um, every time we take money from the bookmakers, I'm happy. And so yeah, let, let's get cracking and talk some rugby. Excellent. Yeah, well, welcome to all the boys in the live chat. Mark joining us. Mark, yes, we had a bit of a chat on Twitter earlier. Definitely get you on as a guest sooner. We'll have to make sure Len start playing that weekend as well. And, uh, and to Kevin as well, welcome to the show. And welcome back to the show. In the bottom right-hand side of my screen, it's uh, Chad. Chad, good to have you back. Uh, ready to fire this weekend? Yeah, thank you, Brent. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here on here with Undertaker and Thoughts on Sports. And uh, yeah, as uh, Undertaker alluded to, let's give it to the bookies this week and uh, hopefully have a couple of laughs along the way. Excellent. And uh, they're talking of Thoughts and Sports. There he is at the, at the top of the screen there. Neil, good to have you on the show again. I see you've already posted a number of picks on the forum. So reading between the lines, I'm going to say that, that you're quite bullish about the weekend. No, Brent, 100%. Just wanted to get my picks out there before the bookies move the lines um, in the opposite direction. So I've got some absolutely cracking players lined up for, for the boys, some strong convictions. So looking forward to unpacking it in the show. Excellent. Well, we'll get straight uh, stuck into a bit of a super rugby. Let me just scan down to where I've got all my prices. We've got super rugby Pacific. We've got two games taking place uh, tomorrow morning. And I'm using the odds from player bets this week, but as per usual, guests welcome to quote from anywhere they want to. And uh, let's get straight into it. And Neil, we'll start with you. Crusaders minus 15 and a half against the Highlanders. I can tell you, we've got a total points line here of 53 and a half. Sure, Brent. Big spread first up, but I, I fully understand the, the reasoning for that. Just look at this Crusaders outfit. Absolutely frightening. In my opinion, this is the best side that they've put out all competition. I really like the fact that um, they've brought Mitch Drummond into the side with Bryn Hall operating with a bit of impetus in the second half. I like the way that Mitch Drummond plays in the, in, in sort of first half rugby. Bryn, Bryn Hall's got a crisp pass, likes to speed it up in the second half. You just look to that Crusaders bench, Pablo Matera coming off the sec off off in the second half. He's going to cause absolute havoc for for the Highlanders here. So 15 and a half, it's a big spread, but if if you you got to be a very brave man to take a Highlanders on the plus here. I just feel like this is the business end of the competition. Scott Robinson's had a couple of shaky performances um, so far this season. And yeah, for me, just a Crusaders minus light player just because it's a big spread for a New Zealand derby. And just with touching on the point spread, I see that um, 11 of the last 15 Crusaders games have gone unders. So also a light player for me on, I've, I've found 54 and a half at, at 8 to 10. So light player on the unders, I just feel like the Crusaders... Um, will, will exhibit that sort of shutout defence. New Zealand derbies have been a bit disappointing in the skill level that we've seen in past seasons. So I expect not a bit of a scrappy affair, but I expect some watertight Crusaders defence. So two small players for me, first up Crusaders minus and then the under 54 and a half. Excellent. Well, it, 
I was going to go to Chad next, but you know, when you mentioned the unders there, my eyes were immediately drawn to the bottom of the screen to see if Henrik was uh, the unders taker was nodding his head. Henrik, what are your thoughts on this game? Hello, Brent. <clears throat> um, I agree with Neil. This game is well capped um, at 15 and a half. Um, the, the Islanders, they, they are that type of team that they don't go away. They always, you, you think they, 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 well, they've lost all the games so far, um, but they are the kind of team that they're always in the fight and they've got a, a good team here, but but like Neil said, that, that Crusaders team, uh, yeah, that's quality. Um, I I want I wanted to get involved in Islanders plus here, but in Christchurch, I'm going for the Crusaders. I just can't take them on here. Um, so I'm going to skip on, on the um, handicap and I'm going to uh, go with Neil and yeah, I agree with him on, on the um, total points here on the Andes. Um, under 53 and a half, um, he, he got under 54 and a half at 8 to 10. Under 53 and a half at 9 to 10 is available. I, I think that's a solid bet. Um, and he, he might even um, have a, a cause for, for uh, make a cause for the Islanders under 19 and a half thereabouts because the Crusaders, you know, the defense has been good. That one game against the Chiefs that they lost in Christchurch, the Chiefs scored. Um, two or three tries in no time at the end, and, and that made the score look bad while the, 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 the points they conceded. So, I think, yeah, the crusade last week against the Chiefs, they were good on defense as well. So, I think unders on, on Chiefs points, and yeah, the, the safer bet, like Neil said, unders on, on total points here. Yeah, and the handicap, I haven't got a strong feeling on that. Well, thanks for bringing up that Chiefs game. I just finished going to therapy to forget about those last two tries from the Chiefs, which cost me the under 22 and a half points. Let's see if Chad's in agreement with the boys on this one. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Um, quite a tough act to follow. Um, and yeah, I have to share the sentiment that Crusader's side is absolutely um, insane. Um, all Blacks all over the park. Um, hard to find a weakness there. Um, 15 and a half is a, a large spread. Um, and with the Crusaders at home, I think they beat the Highlanders about by about the same margin when they played um, away at the Highlanders. Highlanders have also lost five on the trot. In saying that, though, as um, Undertaker alluded to, the Highlanders are in Bagheri. They often do pull out some sublime performances out of nowhere when you least expect them to. And I kind of have a, a feeling that this could be the weekend that they run it a bit closer than what the spread suggests. It will be a small play from, from my um, point of view. I would definitely have a slightly bigger play on the unders. Uh, 53 and a half, 54 and a half seems about three to four points too high in my liking. I, I was anticipating around a, a 50 and a half line. So, yeah, my, my biggest play will be a, a, a total unders line. I will um, may have a small nibble on the Highlanders plus purely because I'm expecting them to, to pull it together this weekend. Yes, as Neil said, Crusaders have been inconsistent. Razor will be, you know, in their ears all week trying to get them to to play to their absolute potential, which is frightening at the, the best of times. But I just feel that the inconsistency may um, travel in into this game. And yeah, if, if Islanders can hold them up from the first half, I think they, yeah, could could beat the spread. But it's not going to be the biggest play. Right, so I pick up all of you guys are lined on this one, but not particularly strong. Interesting, the Crow Tips, who I've got to say he's been in pretty good form the last few weeks. He's come in over 53. So, Chris, you're taking the panel on, boy. I tell you, all of them are looking at the unders line, and you've come in at the overs there. So, it's going to be an interesting one, Matt. Chad, we're going to stay with you for the next game. 
It's the Fijian duo. I must say, I've started catching quite well over the last few weeks. And they're up against the Waratahs. Here we got a spread of nine and a half and a total points line. Yeah, exactly the same. 53 and a half, same as the previous game. Yeah, so the Drua have uh, lost against less Aussie opposition in the past couple of weeks. Um, the spread of not minus nine and a half with Hooper back for the Waratahs is something that I, I may look to dabble in. Again, not the biggest play. Um, the Drua are playing at home. I think there will be a few fans there, which means they will probably play with quite a lot of fire in their bellies. Um, this could lead to somewhat of ill-discipline, um, penalties being given away, cards and such, as they, they try to handle the adrenaline rush of playing in front of their home fans. So, yeah, I, I and as I said, with Hooper being back on, on the, I think he's on the bench or star on the bench, um, I think that gives the Waratahs a good a good push. Um, and, yeah, as I said, the Drew have lost against much lesser Aussie opposition in, in the Rebels and, and, the, and the force. They obviously scored a couple of quick tries against the Reds a couple of weeks ago, which kind of made the scoreline a bit skewed. Um, but I think if, if uh, the Waratahs can handle the early onslaught of the fired-up Drew side, I can see them um, winning by by more than 10 points. Um, I'm not too sure about the overs yet. I'll have a look at the sides and then the, the conditions in Fiji at the time. Um, and, but I don't think it will be an unders game. Um, may look at, at an overs line there, but yeah. Small, small lean on the the Waratahs minus there. Right, let's go to Henrik on this one there. Henrik, at nine and a half. Is it is the game being played in in Fiji? No, it's in Rabina. Where is it? Rabina, I think something like that. Um, oh, on the Gold Coast um, in Queensland. Um, yeah, the game is in Queensland. Um, the the conditions look look alright. No. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Waratahs minus is the way to go here, Brent. Um, they, it, this opened up at about eight and a half, and I see it's, it's gone up to ten and a half thereabouts. Um, you can still get nine and a half, like you, you put on the screen there for player bets and some of the other bookmakers. I'm not sure whether eight and a half is still available, but if it is, I think that's the way to go. Um, and then something I picked up under Drua. Um, in my opinion, they are a second off team, just a lot like. Greek was were a few few seasons ago. They were a great um, second half team in the Curry Cup, and um, the Drua seem to, to first off they just they don't. It's like they bit of sleep, and then second half they, they um, play much better. So I, it's like you, Brent. I know you you're not that good on on half time bets, and I'm not either. And we we, we sometimes we take it and. Yeah, we, we know we don't, but I, I think the minus four and a half on the Waratahs first half handicap is a solid bet here. If it, if it wasn't for my previous four and a half time bets, I would be much more con, uh, comfortable and confident on this one. Um, but I like that minus four and a half first half handicap, and I, I also think the Waratahs can put them away um, and win by 10 plus um, and 10 overs on, on Waratahs points at about 30 or 31 and a half thereabouts. Um, yeah, so the the, the Drua, they've been they've been good, but last week they were found out a bit um, when I actually liked them and and yeah the rebels put them away a bit. So yeah, I think they can be taken on. Yeah, um, the Waratahs they they've got a few they've got a new coach and they've played quite well and with guys like Mike Looper coming back now, I think the Waratahs is is the way to go on the minus first off handicap and overs and Waratahs points. 
Yeah, and the Crow Tips in agreement with you there, and I'm sure he'll be happy that the Undertaker's rubber stamping there with him there with the over 31. Let's end off with you, Neil. What have you got for us on this one? No, Brent, initially was leaning um, unders um, on this game just because for, for a couple of reasons, nighttime kickoff in Brisbane, um, not Brisbane, in Queensland, can usually be a bit of a humidity factor, but I see the humidity is not looking too bad. Weather looks superb, 25 degrees Celsius. So we'll probably stay, uh, steer clear of that. Um, if anything, look for a, a drawer under 22 and a half. Um, I just think that they have managed to slot in a few late tries. I've mentioned before that I don't back the Reds bench too much where they slot in a couple of late tries against the Reds. Once again, the Rebels are, are quite a poor side, poor defense. So they slot in a couple of tries there. Waratahs have been very impressive defensively. I think that's been a big focus of their season. And that just has me, if I'm thinking that they're going to be quite tight in defense, I do think the Waratahs will score a couple of points. I, I, I understand the sentiment for the over 31 and a half. Not a bet that I'll be looking to get too involved in because I think it'll be quite squeaky bum time if I must say so towards the end of that fixture. So for anything for me, it, you just got to go on a on a light play on the Waratahs and the minus. And I do I do share the sentiments about the Drew being quite a big second off side with Henrik. So if at um, if you can get a Waratahs minus four and a half first half, I think that's also a cracking play. Excellent. Uh, just welcome to Steph joining the show there. Of course, a lot of our overseas guys tend to come into the show a little bit late. This, you know, with the changing of the hours and that, uh, we always find that the viewership picks up during the show. And uh, Henrik, I want to start with you in the next game because I know you were busy searching around for a, a Blues handicap. You've got minus 21 and a half here. Of course, we've got a strange situation where these sides actually met in midweek. Uh, I actually followed, I think, uh, I forget his Twitter handle. Son of, uh, it was at... Uh, Sporting tips or tip sports, apologies for that, mate, but he tipped under 57 and a half, which we went with in the preview. What do you think of this one, Henrik? The 21 and a half? Uh, Brent, on Monday, I spoke to one of my um, friends um, about this game, and I told him I think the, the Blues will put the, the, um, the Mana Pacifica away in one of these two games. Um, and if yeah, and, and then both teams picked second or, or third team, uh, teams for the for the Tuesday game and the draw after the Moana, they stayed in the game, and I was lining up the Blues minus for the Saturday game, and then this morning I saw the teams and yeah, the the, the Pacifica they they are back to full strength. They've got Leo Leofano back, and then Sako Sako back. That's big for them because the scrum really struggled struggled on Tuesday. So I think Sako Pikipu will be good in the scrum, and then the Blues, yo, they've got. I, I expected a much better team from them for this game, but they've got a lot of guys out there. Got a few guys struggling with injury. Bowden is not playing, um, so I, I I don't like that team the Blues have picked. And um, I was hoping for a handicap of under twenty um, with the Blues being at at um, full strength and firing the minus. But now with the Blues team that I've seen. And this handicap being at uh, three converted tries at 21 and a half, I like the, the Pacific, Marijuana Pacifica strong, yeah. I think this handicap is at least seven points too high. Um, I'm unsure about where where I go with points on this one, but I like the, the Marijuana Pacifica on a plus, yeah. I think the, they will give the Blues a, a close game, yeah. Fascinating insight into a mind of a punter there. And the way that... The spread and things like team news and that can actually change the way you're thinking. And Henrik, I think it's hell of important uh, to be able to change your mind as a punter because mm -hmm. you, I often like you, I'll go in, I've got a preconceived intention, I'm going to go overs every game in Joburg or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. 
And sometimes you've got to just realize that things are going to, and I, I like the way you've changed your, your strategy there. Let's see, though, if Chad is going to rubber stamp the plus there or if he's thinking blues minus. Um, yeah, Brent, I'm absolutely not thinking blues minus. Um, the All Blacks on leave for the blues. It's a bit of a weaker side. Um, yeah, and Pacifica, obviously a bit of a blip midweek, but we'll still be on somewhat of a high having beaten the Canes. And yeah, as um, Undertaker said, Cape back is going to be massive for their scrum. Yeah, if they can keep their discipline and string a few phases together, 21 and a half will land, um, I believe. Um, I don't want to say easily, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite strong on the plus 21 and a half. Great. Neil, yourself on this game? Sure, Brent. If ever there's been a, a fixture, I would just love not to bet on. It's this one <laughs> right here involving my favorite favorite team, the Blues. Um, 22 and a half, I think it's exactly the same spread that it was uh, midweek. I think it actually might have been 19 or 20 midweek. Uh, two similar sides. I do really like Bryce Heem at 12 for the Blues. Massive, massive player for them. Big, big ball, ball carrier. Obviously got a, quite a bit of experience playing um, out wide in the wing, been brought back into the centres, but he seems to be doing, doing a sterling job. One of those players who always can free his hands through the tackle. With that being said, it is a bit of a shaky blue side. I'm not too sure about the combinations. And we just know blues and big minuses, they don't always agree. So quite a tentative player on the on the Pacifica um, plus here, but I'll definitely be looking to get more involved with with the points lines, hoping that the bookmakers price it up again at about 58 and a half. I tend to think Eden Park's always a bit of an underground, especially when the Blues are involved. Blues traditionally have been a bit shaky off the kicking tee, so they always give a couple of points back back there. So if I can get a 58 and a half, that'll definitely be my strike on this game. But just a very tentative call on the on the Blues um, handicap. It won't be a bet that I'll be getting too involved in this weekend. Right, let's move on to the next game, and we'll start with you, Chad. This time we've got the Reds minus three and a half against the Brumbies. Yeah, so the reverse fixture when um, the uh, who's playing at home is it the Reds? Sorry, I'm a bit confused now. Is it Reds at home versus the Brumbies? Yeah, Reds at home. Reds yeah. minus three and a half. The, the spread um, the other way around, I think, was plus six and a half, plus seven and a half Reds, and unders uh, uh, line about fifty and a half, both of which which landed. Um, yeah, I don't have a particularly strong fancy on this game. I think the the, the cap is 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 well well um, well positioned. Um, depending on the points lines, I may look at unders again. Um, two of the best Australian sides playing against each other it tends to be um, somewhat of a cagey, a low-scoring affair. So, yeah, I don't have any um, big uh, opinions on, on, on the cap, but I'll look to see four points lines and, and maybe take an unders if it's in and around 50 again, which I don't anticipate, but, yeah. Right. What, you don't anticipate the line being around 50? Yeah. Probably be what no. about 46, Chad? What do you think in this game? Yeah, it would probably be around 45 and a half, 46 and a half. Um, yeah. I'd also be interested to see what the what the weather's like in Canberra. Um, but yeah, still, as I said, it's it, it's quite quite a well priced uh, line for me. If it was closer to a converted try, I would have gone on the plus. But yeah. I just had a look at the way I priced this up. I always do my good for the game uh, forum exercise on a Sunday. I priced this as Reds minus five and a half. I see your Huns coming in with Reds one to 12. Mark suggesting it's very much a 50-50 game. Neil, let me go to you here. I'm leaning towards the Reds on the minus here. Yeah, Brent, I like the, the Reds to cover the spread here. So much to like about this this Reds outfit. I mentioned before that I, I thought they've always been quite weak in the 
on the bench, but they've they've strengthened up a bit. I see they brought in Salakai um, Lotto onto the bench. He's a, he'll be a big player for them. He's off to Northampton Saints next season. So quite excited to see him play in the Premiership. I just look at that red starting uh, starting team. Heaps of quality there. I really like the back row that they have picked in Fraser McWright, Liam Wright, and Harry Wilson. Heaps of quality there. Very much a settled halfback pairing in um, Ted McDermott and James O'Connor. Ted McDermott has got to be the front runner for that for that Aussie number nine jersey, and just a very settled centre combination. Hamish Stewart, I think he's very underrated in that in that Reds outfit. Fantastic distributor, and also not um, not scared of getting involved in, in defence there. And obviously got Hitman Hunter, who's just absolutely breaking Ten's body. So looking at the the Brumbies nine ten combination doesn't scream a lot of confidence for me. No Lolisio, not not available. Quite poor at test level, but he does offer um, quite a lot at at domestic level for the Brumbies. Reds minus three and a half. I think that's a cracking play. I'm going to get get stuck into that quite quite handsomely. And I also do like that Reds one to twelve. I just feel like in these sorts of fixtures, it always ends up in that sort of sort of region. And just to touch on the points, I expect it to come out at about forty eight and a half, and I think that's probably pretty well priced. A bit tentative because I think the humidity has it would only be an underplay for me here, but I think the humidity has died down a bit in Brisbane. So I think at forty eight and a half, pretty well priced. If I'm getting fifty and a half, I'm taking the unders there. Excellent. Well, I must say I fancied the Reds a little bit when I started speaking to Neil. I now fancy the Reds a lot after Neil's confidence on that one. And let's see if Hendricks aligned with him. Yeah, Brent, I, I checked the weather now as well, and I see the humidity expected or, or predicted is about in the mid-80s. Um, so it's, it's it's not way up there, but there is a bit of humidity. Um, uh, um, on this, oh, the previous game between these, guy, these two um, teams in, in Canberra, I expected it to be very close, and it was, and I, I think this will be close again. I'm not convinced on, on the minus here. Um, I have respect for you and, and Neil. Obviously, you guys are very good punters, and you liking the the minus makes me a bit nervous. But I, I think this will be very close. I think the one to twelve on the Reds that's a that's a good bet. That that's good value. And I think the one to seven either team that that bet you get at Sunbet um, that that's a good one as well. Mm. Um, this is the two top teams in Australia, and like the previous encounter between these two teams, I think this will be close again. Um, I think both teams will take the three pointers again. So I think Anderson tries might be a player, but my my concern is Angus Gardner is the ref, and he, in my opinion, he's the best Australian overs ref. Um, well, he hasn't got a lot of competition with guys like Nick Berry <laughs> and Damon Murphy, but he is an overs ref. So that is a bit of a concern, but I think under five and a half tries, yeah, if you can get the right price, that that's a that's a bet to take. Um, yeah, on the handicap, I'm undecided. I think um, either team by one to seven or or the um, Reds by one to twelve, and then under some tries for me. Yeah. Excellent. I'm just actually popping onto Sunbet as you speak that to have a look at that either team by seven or less. And it's a shade under 13 to 10, Henrik, which, yeah, I, I agree with you. These Aussie derbies, that certainly could be the way to go. Obviously, I am on the minus. So I'm leaning more towards your hands, uh, 1 to 12. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see which way that goes. Well, we've only got one Super Rugby game still to chat about, and that's the Hurricanes, who I've got you at plus 4.5 against the Chiefs. And, Neil, we haven't started with you for a while, so let's give you first crack at this one. Yeah, Brent, I like the Hurricanes quite quite strong here. Um, I don't. I don't like to take the Chiefs on um, as favourites. Uh, I, I feel like they're quite poor favourites, especially 
away from home. I see there's no Brody Retallick in the second row for the Chiefs, which is which is massive for me. He's been the cornerstone of their of their set piece, of their scrum, of their more big player for the Chiefs. For me, having Jordy Barrett at 12 is a great move for for the Cairns. He isn't a 12. He isn't a 12 by nature, but just with the way that the Hurricanes. Um, sort of set up and the players that they have at their at their disposal, you have to get Jordy Barrett close to the action. You have to get him in the on the ball. He's a big man. He's 105 kilograms. He's getting over the advantage line. He also has a fantastic sort of rugby IQ and brain on him. So if he's just at domestic level, at super rugby level, I just want Jordy Barrett on the ball as much as possible. At fullback, I feel like he doesn't get involved enough. Um, and then also he's just got an absolute cannon of a boot. So best believe that any single um, penalties around the halfway line, Jordy Barrett is pointing straight to the sticks there. And then Ardi Sevilla, arguably the the form loose forward in the world at the moment, starting at eight, he's worth at least two or three points on the spread alone. So plus five and a half Hurricanes, I think that's a cracker. I'm also going to take them on the board um, to win the game as well. And I think I picked that up at about 16 to 10. Right, nice confidence from Neil there. Just uh, being rubber stamped here in the live chat, Stephen Marks is Canes plus five and a half bet of the week. Mark Dunphy, G Mark, I don't know about this one, bet of the year. I don't know if we're quite at that sort of level, but let's go to Henrik and see what his views are on this. Henrik, please don't tip the Chiefs minus now. Brent, in the words of the legend, that is Oracle, they've got the wrong favorite here. If you gave me the, the handicap the other way around, I would take the minus five and a half on the Hurricanes here. The Hurricanes going to win this going away. Um, the Chiefs, um, they were they were good early in the in the season, but last week they really disappointed me against the Crusaders. And the Hurricanes at home, after losing to, well, their second or their third, third team lost against the Moana, the Hurricanes are going to come out here and they're going to fire. And, yeah, um, Tell me if, if you, uh, well, I just want to touch on the time of this game. 4.30 on a Sunday morning. There isn't a more perfect time, time for a rugby game than this. I can't wait to get up at 4 o'clock on Sunday morning, put on the kettle and watch this game. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, I'm all over the Hurricanes here. The plus, Hurricanes to win the game. I might even take a bit of a minus on the Hurricanes here. Um, the, the weather in Wellington, Wellington normally dodgy with the weather, but it's perfect weather, yeah. So, yeah, in, um, the, the points line will be interesting as well. Um, I just want to check who's, who the ref is. Uh, let me see. Oh, Brenda Pickerel. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's unlucky. I was lining up an average player here, maybe, but yeah, with Pickerel on the, way, on, on the whistle, you probably go under some chiefs, maybe. But yeah, I like the plus very strong here, Brent. Right. Well, I can tell you what if chad was fancying the chiefs on the minus here he would have been he would have been putting lines through all his notes and saying listen bugger that i'm just going to follow these guys with the hurricanes on the on the plus but i'm, I'm gonna have a fly here and say you were on the plus all along here chad uh brent i think it's just best if we move on now <laughs> what's your no, thoughts no, on this yeah, one? I, listen uh, no one has to take what i'm about to say seriously i'm, I'm uh, the newbie amongst these the, the, the old guard here but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go and stick to my guns and best believe you'll be hearing all about it all over Twitter if uh, you know Sunday morning sunrise comes and I'm you know I'm beaming from ear to ear. Um, look, jeez, I mean, how can I argue against what they've just said? Um, however, with the likes of Angus Tarwal, Kanan Boshir, Sam Kane, uh, Soakula, it's a, it's an awesome Chiefs pack. I know they've uh, lost Retallick uh, to injury last week. They've got a good set piece, good lineup that functioned without Vitalik. Um, they've got backs that have impressed me. Anton Leonard Brown is a, is a good all black. 
Um, Alex Nankiville as well has been playing super, very, very well this year. Brad Weber, Joshuani. I think Joshuani's had a better season here at the Chiefs. Um, they've got a strong, strong bench with Atumoli um, coming off it to um, sure up the scrum. So I think in terms of the forward pack battle, they'll win. Ari Sevilla is arguably one of the best players in the world. Asafa Amur is one of the most explosive players in the world. But I just think that the engine room goes to the Chiefs. The the overall loose trio goes to the Chiefs as well. Uh, Duplessis Karifi is a walking penalty, unfortunately. And then to go to the backs, I don't I don't really agree with uh, Neil in terms of uh, Jordi Barrett being great at 12. He's been somewhat inconsistent uh, this year. And Garden Bashup, I don't believe, has also started at 10 all that often um, for for the Canes. The Chiefs did start off well um, in the season. Um, they do have a win over the Crusaders side. We know we have, have been somewhat topsy-turvy, but they did name a good side against the Chiefs when they played. Um, and I just feel like their backline is, is more settled and, and firing with combinations. Uh, yeah, so yes, Jordy Barrett can kick it over from 55, but I don't think he's going to get that much of an opportunity. Um, so yeah, I guess all I have to say is uh, good luck to Henrik on the Canes minus. Excellent. Well, interesting. Taking on the panel there. Let's see how it goes. It's always good when the, there's a bit of disagreement as well. Welcome to Guystone. Guy, stay tuned while we're talking about the next games. I'm going to bring up a photo from the weekend. And I see Garth Ridgeway also there on Facebook mentioning the Oracle. But, gents, let's get into the United Rugby Championship now. Just checking. I didn't miss any of you on that last game. I think, yeah, we did definitely end it off with, with Chad there. So let's get into the URC. And, Henrik, I'll start with you on the first game. The Sharks, minus 26 and a half against the Dragons. Oh, Henrik, you're on mute. Yeah, sorry, I see I'm like, yeah, Brent, the, the pretty boys from, from Durban again, um, last week they really struggled against Edinburgh. I know you were in Durban and you um, you were strong on the plus here, and well done for that. Um, and yeah, the unders were a great bit there as well. I see there's lots of rain expected for Durban again tomorrow night. Um, most of the rain coming between 4 and 5 p.m. in the game, speaking off at 7. So the field should be uh, quite wet. Um, looks like there's, well, it's now 26 and a half. They were 29 and a half earlier today. Um, I, I grabbed some 28 and a half. Um, I'm not sure what, what uh, if you can shop around and get 27 and a half still, but I think the plus is the way to go here. Yeah. The Dragons, they've brought in um, three Welsh players. Um, and yeah, I, I, in my opinion, the conditions will favor them. Um, and this handicap just looks too big. Um, Kevin Bosch, he had an absolute shocker last week. He's still starting again. I, I've never been a Bosch fan. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the plus here. And I'll also be looking at Anders on Sharks points here. I'm not sure where the line will be, um, but it will probably be again in just over 30s. And, yeah, I, I, I will be all over that. Uh, Anders on Sharks points, and I like the plus strong here. We'll go to uh, Chad next on, on this game there, the 26 and a half. Mark uh, saying he was surprised by the Sharks losing to Edinburgh last week and then said he's been disappointed in the South African teams. I sense a bit of stirring from Mark there on that one. But Chad, what do you think about this one? Can the Sharks bounce back? I must say I'm a little bit against, what. It, well, I, I'm a little bit in favor of the Sharks on this one. I actually do think they can bounce back and not because I rate the Sharks side, just because I don't rate the Dragon side at all. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm going to agree with Henrik, unlike the Chiefs-Hurricanes uh, situation. Um, 
yeah, the line actually has come in a bit for for the dragons on the plus. I think it came out at plus twenty nine and a half um, earlier in the week, and it has slowly come in with the news of uh, Basham and Moriarty coming in. I am somewhat worried about the the, the dragons scrum. I think the sharks forwards will monster them at set piece. Whether Kerr and Bosch can actually convert that into any points is much to be desired. I think the humidity in Durban is going to be, you know, humidity in Durban. Um, so, yeah, I am on plus 29 and a half from earlier in the week. Plus 26 and a half, I probably would still have a small nibble at. Um, and, yeah, Sharks unders play as well. I think unders and Sharks has landed past two or three weeks in a row. Um, yeah, as Hamrick said, I also don't back Kerr and Bosch at 10. Um, and I just feel like the Sharks, um, the way they've been coached and the, the team, the form, the consistency just, just isn't there. Um, the last week's loss would have been a bit tough to take against Edinburgh, who are a much better side than the Dragons. But I think um, the sentiment with the Welsh players coming back um, and that big of a line against the Sharks team that isn't firing is, is the way to go. So, yeah, um, the final stamp would be Dragons on the plus and a, a, a possible play on Sharks unders. Right, Neil, what are you going to go for in this one? You with the boys on the on the plus? Yeah, Brent, strong player for me on the on the Dragons Plus. Um, see, they brought Ross Moriarty back into to the starting team, so that should should beef up the Dragons pack, add a bit of experience there. And I just can't make a case for for the Sharks here. Conditions aside, if this game was at Loftus Fairsfeld, I still wouldn't even look to back um, the Sharks on the minus here. I just think that no matter who the Sharks are playing, if they're getting a big minus, they're just not going to beat the spread, and that's just plain and simple. Looking at the spread, you would imagine a points line of about 13.5, 14.5 for the Dragons. That puts the Sharks' points at about 39.5, 40.5. And I just can't see the Sharks scoring that many that many points. Just not not um, not a chance in in anything that they that they get close to that that mark. This game's going to be sweaty. It's going to be greasy. There's going to be a lot of mistakes, a lot of reset scrums. Um, international referee, so you'll like to slow the game down, really sort of stamp his mark, explain the laws to the players, chew down the clock. 26 and a half, that's a massive spread for, for this. If you just um, cast your eye back to the, the Zebra the zebra Sharks game, I think the spread was about 42 and a half, 43 and a half. I expect it to be uh, quite a similar fixture where the Sharks just error after error will dominate the game, but it will really just struggle to to convert that into points. So 26 and a half, that's far too big for, for my liking. I'm happy to take that. Even if the spread was 20 and a half, I'll still look to get behind the Dragons here. Well, I'm not feeling nearly as confident about my Sharks minus call there, I can tell you. But you speak about humidity. I watched my son play some rugby down there in Durban this week. And the humidity, it's, it's what, what I found was quite interesting. When you stood on the side of the field, I mean, you, it was a humid week. Make no mistake. It was but it looked like conditions looked reasonable. But it was amazing to see how many more handling errors and how much lower scoring the games were down there in Durban. But, boys, let me tell you, there was plenty of humidity going down at Stoker's on the weekend as well. And this picture was taken there. We went and visited, and I see Guy watching on Facebook over there. There's the Oracle on the left-hand side. Mike Greenway, a rugby writer, and just got into betting as well. Of course, yours truly there, and, and Donovan, a big horse racing punter. So great fun there at Stoker. So if you're ever in the Durban, Hillcrest, Kloof area, do go there and have a pot. Uh, we really, really did have a good time. It, it was absolutely great, and thanks for your hospitality there, Guy. And we were also saying farewell to the Oracle in the sense that he's moving down to Cape Town as well. Look forward to catching up with him there sometime. Let's uh, move on then, gents, to the next game. I know that uh, most of us got firm views on the South African games, perhaps not that much on some of the others, but let's start with uh, 
Chad here, Glasgow Warriors minus 29 and a half against Zebra. Geez, that's a massive spread, Brent. Um, I don't have a much of an opinion. I know Glasgow have been playing quite well recently. Uh, Zebra are the um, whipping boys of the competitions that they play in. Um, yeah, I guess if you've you made a lot of money leading up to the game and you want to make it interesting to watch, you can maybe go on the minus or, or, or on a, a points play, an overs play for the Warriors um, if they, they run rampant, particularly towards the end. Um, yeah, I was like these. Yeah, stronger fancy on the Benetton game, to be honest, um, coming up next. But yeah, no no play for me on this one. No, no problem. There's enough games this weekend. You can't play on everyone. Neil, you're going to be sitting this one out? Yeah, Brent's sitting the, uh, this one out for me. Better things to do on my on my Friday night than be entertained by by the good old Zebra. So 29 and a half, tricky spread. I mean, you can't really make a case for, for a, a Zebra plus. So tentative play on the on the Glasgow minus, but my my wallet will be firmly in my pocket for this game. Right. Uh, well, one man, I think we might be able to tempt to get his wallet out of his pocket, but it's probably going to depend on the zebra points line. Is the undertaker? He loves going low on zebra points, and we're probably going to get a, a pretty low quote on this one, given they're twenty nine uh, point underdogs, Andrew. Yeah, Brent, that's a problem, eh? because this is such a big handicap. Uh, the zebra points is going to be low. Um, I think you'll be lucky to get double figures on, on zebra points here. Um, yeah, not a confident, no confidence here. Um, I think minus small play here. If, if you have to have a bet, bet on this one, I'll probably just keep this game like Neil. I'm probably not going to have any money on this one. But if I have had to gun to my head, I'll, I will take the minus. Right. Well, let's go back to Neil and see if he's got a view on the Benetton Treviso. Connacht game, plus four and a half for Italians. Yeah, Brent, to be honest, I think the Italians are still probably uh, firmly inebriated from their, from their victory after, probably, um, yes. against, against Wales at, at Principality. So sheesh, if, they, if they're half fit and firing, I just don't know. At four and a half, Connacht, Andy Friend heading into the business end of the URC. Connacht looking, looking like a middle table side. They'll want to creep up the ranks there. Four and a half, less than a converted try. Yeah, you just got to take Connacht on the on the minus here. I thought that Benison would have offered a, a better fight last weekend, um, but not not to be. So yeah, I just think that Connacht minus four and a half. I wouldn't be surprised to see Andy Friend roll out a couple of players just before the Champions Cup next weekend. Get a bit of time on the legs there. Fifty minutes from Bundy Aki is all all I need for the spread to to cover. So uh, Connacht minus four and a half for me. Right, and Chad yourself on this one. Yeah, geez, I think it would be a very small play, but purely for entertainment factor, I'll, I'll take a bit of Benetton on the, on the plus. I mean, if it can maybe get closer to a converted try. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, in, in theory, the, the buzz from the Italian win could carry um, through, particularly with the inspirational captain back for Benetton. Um, so, yeah, it, I think we will have a lot of comments about the Champions Cup coming up in the, in the games that we are to speak about to follow. Um, it would be interesting to see what kind of uh, team Connacht put out there, um, given the fact that they've got a derby next weekend in the Champions Cup. So if it is a slightly weakened Connacht team, then, yeah, I'll have a little nibble of Benetton at the, on the plus. But I think that the Champions Cup sides may look to flood in some players just to get a hit out this weekend before some of the bigger games next weekend. So I'm anticipating a stronger Connacht side, but if not, um, Benetton on, on the plus for me. 
um, if I can get a plus five and a half, plus six and a half, like a 1.75 or something like that, just for some entertainment. Right, Henrik, we'll yourself. Uh, thanks, Chad. Uh, Henrik, are you getting involved in this game? Better things to do on the weekend otherwise? Brent, I've always been a bit of a Connacht fan for the last few years um, with Andy Friend um, coaching them. Um, they got smashed last week by our favourite team, Leinster, Mark's, Mark's team. Um, so, yeah, Connacht, they're not on a good run um, and normally they're better um, in Galway and this this is in Italy. So, yeah, I, th I think the plus is the way to go, yeah. Not not not, a, not be confident, but I think the plus on Benetton, yeah. Uh, we'll stick with you, Henrik, for the next game. Blue Bulls up against Ulster. The Bulls have turned in. Well, they've won three in a row at home, but certainly the last two weeks have been pretty impressive uh, victories. And uh, they now play against an Ulster side that I, I must say, I, this weekend I got to watch very little rugby. But by all accounts, Henrik, <laughs> it sounds like Ulster were pretty unlucky not to beat the Stormers. They now give the Bulls a four and a half point. Well, the Bulls give them a four and a half point start at Loftus. Uh, Brent, I was actually with with the Bulls winning by more than thirty last week. Even I watched that game and I watched the Stormers also. So I watched both both these teams last games. Um, the Bulls were, in my opinion, they were quite poor in that game. Um, even though they won by a lot against the Dragons, I wasn't impressed by them. And also, they got they started off quite badly in Cape Town. They were 14-0 down in like 10 minutes. Um, Warwick Holland showing his magic again with that one try to Lille and Zas. Um, and then Ulster came back into that and they, they pretty much dominated the, the, the rest of the game for the next 70 minutes. And they were really unlucky to lose that game. Um, got, yeah, they scored a try and then the, the TMO came in. It was the wrong call. And I read the article today saying that confirming that it was the wrong call also should have won that game and the bulls as good as they are at loftus i'm unsure on this one i, I saw the sentiment from a few punters on on the bulls minus here i'm i'm not convinced brent i think the plus maybe and even i won't even be surprised also winning this game um so yeah i'll i will probably look at some sort of um points play here i'm not going to get involved in in the handicap but i won't be surprised if also win this yeah interesting i look at this one and i must have found myself thinking in fact let me quickly look at what i handicapped this game that i actually i tend to forget as the the week wears on i kept this game minus nine and a half so i find myself leaning quite heavily towards the bulls here but i i do take the point i mean i think it's a dangerous game for the bulls but interested to hear what neil says about this one neil i'm I'm opposing the Undertakers. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually on the Bulls minus. I still think that altitude could well play a factor here. Yeah, Brent, spot on. Um, I'm on the Bulls minus. Love the Bulls minus. I took minus one and a half Bulls um, at 0 0.78. Loaded up again at zero at minus two and a half at 0 0.83. Took some more at minus three and a half at nine to ten. And I'll take some more now at, at minus four and a half. 25,000 tickets hopefully get sold at, at Loftus this weekend. They're going to be some, there's going to be a lot of brandy consumed um, for, for the Bulls supporters, a lot of verbal abuse thrown at the, at the Ulster players. I've just got a sneaky suspicion that Ulster might um, rotate one or two players with a big Champions Cup fixture next weekend against, against Toulouse here. This wouldn't be a fixture that, that they would have been targeting for a victory on the, on the tour. They went full strength against the Stormers last weekend. Obviously, quite unlucky not to 
not to get that result here. But the Bulls then just know that they have to get a result here and ideally a, a bonus point victory if they want to have a sniff of making the playoffs here. So I'm getting a, a less than a converted try handicap at Loftus. Altitude factor, there's no way to, to look at it apart from the fact that it is a big deal. And I think that the Ulster players will struggle with that. I see it's going to be quite hot um, in Pretoria, 2 o'clock kickoff. The Bulls' outside backs are just looking r- very dangerous at the moment and a very settled uh, Bulls' backline with Chris Smith slotting some some nice three-pointers there. And I just think that with the back row of Arno Boerta, Aurich Lowe and Marcel Kutzia, that's going to give um, a huge handful for Alston. I don't even think Dwayne Vermeulen will be able to keep up with that there. So, yeah, I, I like the Bulls quite strong in the minors. Well, we're going to ch- give Chad an, uh, an opportunity to to sort of split the panelists, if I can put it that way. Well, uh, I guess you could argue, if you take my opinion into the card, is 2-1 to the Bulls minus at the moment. Brendan Vessel's coming in, also mentioning that there could be some rotation with one eye on Toulouse next week for Ulster. Chad, what are you doing here? Which way are we going? Yeah, I think the score is going to be 3-1 after I speak Brent all over the, the Bulls, um, if I can quote the conductor like a rash. Um, yeah, less than a converted try on the Bulls against Ulster at Loftus Altitude. I think they've sold 15,000 tickets out of the 25,000 capacity. So having a bigger allotment of fans in the stadium will also play a role. Cooney was phenomenal last week. Um, I agree with Henrik. Ulster were definitely the better side in the second half. They were unlucky to lose the game with the, the TMO um, fluffing it at the end. Um, but I just feel that Cooney's boot can only keep them in the game for so long. The immensity of the Bulls' pack, um, altitude, the fans in the stadium, the fact that the Bulls need to win um, all plays into the into the hands of the, the minus. So, yeah, all, all over the minus. Yeah, the crow tips coming in there as well. I can see, Henrik, is that a bead of sweat on your forehead there that I see forming after the other boys? Yeah, coming yeah, One thing I know about you, Henrik, he sticks you know, to Yeah, he, he won't get influence. So having said that, Henrik, I, I know that... If, if, for example, someone said something and, you know, you wouldn't be beyond having your mind changed, but you're not just going to change it just because the majority of people are going against you. In fact, um, I know Oracle used to always say the same. He used to say sometimes he quite enjoyed it when a whole lot of people were against him. But uh, I guess the boys are giving you a bit of food for thought there, though. No, certainly, Brent. And like I said, I, I don't, uh, I, I've got a strong fancy in this one. So I'm not going to have a lot of money. Like, they, they are big on the, on the minus. I'm not going to be on the plus. I, well, if I am I'm small, I'm going to have a, a point to play here, probably. Um, so no, no stress from my side. Like you know, I will stick with my guns, except if, if I get um, good points and, and good facts. That I, well, the, the, the game against Toulouse next week, I didn't know about that. So that's an interesting angle, and that might actually swing me a bit. So I'll have to think about that tomorrow. But no, like you know me, I, I'll, I'll stick to my guns and my calls. I'll start on the plus here, so I'll stick to it. Right. Uh, we got the opinions of all the panel on that one. Let's move on to the next South African game, and we'll start off, Chad, with you on this one. Lions plus two and a half against Edinburgh. I've got a bit of a view on this one myself. Interested to hear what you say. Yeah, so the Lions were somewhat impressive last week against the, the Ospreys, but the Ospreys are a bad rugby side, um, especially without their Welsh internationals. Um, as we all know, the Edinburgh beat the Sharks last week. They've got a handful of Scots back. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I back uh, Edinburgh on the minus here. Um, I don't think altitude will play as much of a factor. The Scottish players tend to be quite um, cardiovascularly fit. 
um, yeah, the likes of Dicey, the likes of Darcy Graham, Vipin now coming back to to add some impetus into the Edinburgh squad um, can only be a positive thing. So yeah, I'll let the other. I'm, I'm sure the the other punters will will be with me on this. So I'll I'll leave it to them to to take it home. But I, I feel very confident um, on the Edinburgh minus here. Right, Henrik, are you confident of the Edinburgh minus as well, or do you think the Lions can make it four in a row? I agree with Chad on the minus here. Um, the Lions, um, they've been playing quite well, and you know, we just have to look two weeks back to that Munster game that everybody were on Munster, and Munster got knocked, knocked by um, the Lions. The Lions were impressive last week, but like Chad said, Ospreys, they, they're not that great at the moment. Um, and I actually think Edinburgh, the style they normally play, I think they'll, they'll, they will enjoy the conditions in Johannesburg. Um, and they will, they will manage the, uh, the altitude, I think. So they've got a good kicking game and they'll, they'll manage the pace of the game. The Lions, obviously, they, they know that altitude is in their favour and they, they play accordingly. They, they try to play a high-paced game to, to tire the other team. Um, but yeah, I like Edinburgh. Yeah, I think Edinburgh on the minus is the way to go. And I think there will be points in this one as well. Uh, two out of two and it's looking like i'm perhaps the one who's gonna have to uh, give a bit more thought to this game because i was leaning towards edinburgh i just thought that that i could see edinburgh going out into the lead and, and the lions coming back a little bit like they did against munster but actually in bigger agreement i must say with brendan vessels of conductor saying this could be the points game of the weekend i think the points could flow of course we don't have a points line to talk about just yet but let's see uh, neil which way you're going are you joining the other two panelists on this one no, spot on Brent's all over Edinburgh this weekend. Um, I must say, I thought I was going to get by the show without a reminder of that that Lions-Munster fixture. Had to rearrange um, a couple of, of flights that were booked um, for, for June-July as a result. But it'll definitely be, be recouped this weekend on the, on the Edinburgh minus. I think that's a cracking play. Chad touched on it that they've been massively strengthened by some returning um, Scottish internationals. Via Pianau and, and uh, McAnally big in the front row. Grant Gilchrist, absolute workhorse in the second row. And Darcy Graham's just been super electric in the Six Nations. And he's going to be absolutely frothing to have a crack um, at some, some altitude weather there. And I do think that Edinburgh are a very, very well-oiled unit. Supremely fit side. Mike Blair knows what he wants exactly out of his charges. I feel like that the Lions coasted last weekend against quite a poor Ospreys Osprey's size, they wouldn't have had too much of a test. Obviously, they were quite impressive against Munster. Two, two sort of games on the trot where they would have had their lungs extended. Edinburgh coming in after quite a, a morale-boosting um, victory against the Sharks. I was quite strong on that on that Edinburgh plus there. But I just think Hamish Watson's going to cause this line side heaps of problems at the breakdown. They won't be able to get that fast ball. Um, Edinburgh just have too much quality in the backs. And I think that this is going to be a a bit of a convincing victory for Edinburgh. And I do agree on the on the point sentiment, but I don't think that the bookies will be too generous to us and I expect a points line of about 55, 56 here. Yeah, I think the bookies will probably be wise to this one. Yeah, I must say, I was leaning towards Edinburgh, but the boys have certainly given me plenty to think about. But no doubt about it, this is a game where we'll be looking at the points lines. Neil, we're going to stay with you for the next game, also involving South African uh, team. It's the Stormers up against Ospreys. And here we've got a big handicap, 21 and a half points. No, Brent, so I'm, I'm going to take the Stormers on the minus here. It's a, it's a big handicap, but I just have to look straight through at that at that Stormers set piece, that Stormers scrum. If they were able to sort of put um, get the um, insurgency behind um, an Ulster outfit, and you best believe that they're going to be rolling over this, this Ospreys team. 
there's just a lot to like about the Stormers at the moment. They're just such a feel-good factor. We've always known they've had the talent in the squad. It just hasn't been able to produce on match day. For me, I just look at the spread and I can't see Osprey scoring too many. Conditions are going to be slightly milder down here in the Cape. It's a bit, chi uh, bit chillier, probably about 20, 22 degrees Celsius here. So not too many conditions at play here, but I just don't think that'll be too much of a factor for the Stormers. France Mahoba and Steven Kitsoff are going to have an absolute field day on Saturday against Ospreys. Ospreys will have one eye on that on that 8 o'clock beer at Caprice after the fixture. So I just can't make a case for Ospreys at the moment. You just got to get behind the Stormers at the moment and just capitalize while you still can on these minuses in South Africa. Like Chad, what do you make of the, this handicap? You're joining Neil there? Uh, yes, Brent. So I'm, I'm joining Neil. Um, like many of the other Welsh sides, they are getting a few internationals back. I don't know how many of them will feature. I know George North is coming back from injury, but he's not to play. Um, and yeah, just uh, what Neil touched on with regards to the, the front row and, and the Stormers pack. Um, I just think they're going to have too much firepower. Minus 21 and a half is quite big, three converted tries. But I just think that the, the lack of the of firepower in the Ospreys side um, we'll see them um, undone and much like uh, the Stormers did to their Welsh counterparts a couple of weeks ago. They'll run away with it after 60 minutes. Um, that's just a gut feel I have. Um, and uh, yeah, I think maybe a, a points line and overs line in, at Cape Town Stadium uh, could go down well. Um, late evening kickoff, we could see a bit of duo around given the, the mild conditions. Um, so yeah, maybe a, a overs points line for me. Um, and a small nibble on, on the Stormers minus. Well, Henrik, I was just having a look at our handicap this game, and I handicapped this game Stormers minus 21 and a half. So I must admit there was nothing very obvious jumping out for me. But if you're going to make it 3 nil on the minus, I'm going to have to get involved. Now, Brent, the minus is probably the right way to go here, and I agree with the guys. Um, you have to take the Stormers here. They, they are playing good rugby, and that forward back of them, they... The backs, they've got quality backs, and, and the fourth back give them great ball to set piece. They are good in the line out. Um, they are great in the scrum. And um, like Jordan um, from Sun of Punt um, always says, the scrum is just the thing happening before the penalty. So after the scrum, the Stormers get a penalty, and you can get field position. You can um, get a mall to go close to the if you if you get a close um a line out close to the line you can score try after that um you can get three points so yeah i think the three three converted tries looks big um but ospreys they they haven't been really good um i'm not sure who they get from wales i, I see i've seen talk about um gareth anscom being available but I, I i don't see him making that big of a difference um yeah, I think the minus is the way to go here. Yeah. Um, on points, yeah, I, I'm unsure about this one. Um, the, the season has definitely turned down here in Cape Town. Um, the last two weeks, you can feel it, it is a bit cooler and the wind's picked up a bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about points at the coast here. Yeah. Um, obviously, it depends on the quote, and I'll post on the forum if I fancy something. But I think minus is the way to go here. Yeah. Maybe an undisplay on, on, on Ospreys if, if you get a decent quote on, on their points because the Stormers' um, defence has been good as well this season. Right, let's go on to the next game. It's uh, the uh, big one as far as the Irish teams go. Munster plus two and a half at home against Leinster. And let's start with you on this one, Chad. 
Yeah, I mean, should it die? Do I, do I mention a couple of weeks ago in the Lions, or do I not? It's the, the one thing I was thinking as you were announcing this game. Um, yeah, I uh, I think Leinster will have an eye on the Champions Cup against Connacht. Um, so it'll be interesting because the Irish players didn't play last time. Um, so I think if they name a strong side to to have a hit out for them um, and get the, the, the limbs warmed up for the Champions Cup clash next week, I think they they could field quite a strong side. So my bet on this is, is largely um, team news dependent. But yeah, if Leinster name a strong side, I will go on, on, on the minus um, quickly. Right, Neil, uh, we will wait for Mark, if he's on, still watching, to come in on the live chat with his view on this one. But what do you make of this one? No, I think Mark alluded to the fact that the South African teams have been quite disappointing in the URC. But I'll throw one back at him. I think that the Irish teams have been pretty disappointing um, in, in the URC this season. But with that being said, I think Leinster at a two-and-a-half spread against Munster. Munster just haven't screamed a lot of confidence for me. I just have to take Leinster, Leinster on the minus here. I do think that the, the Irish internationals will be rolled out in a bit of a hit-out before Champions Cup. This is also a very proud um, proud provincial side. They'll, they don't like to take these games too lightly. No matter what they've got, if they've got a World Cup final the following week, you best believe Leinster will still put out a, an exceptionally strong outfit in a, in a big Irish derby. So at two and a half, I just think that Leinster just packed too much quality at the moment. Munster just seem like the side which they, they do struggle to close out close out fixtures at the moment. I'm not too sure if that's a bit of a mentality. I see that they've got a couple of changes and outgoings for for next season. Damien Zelendi off, Malachi Fekito incoming. But just with, with that being said, Leinster minus two and a half, I just think it's the right way to go here. But Henrik, yourself, you're going to, you, are we going to get you to back a Leinster minus here? Yeah? <laughs> like you know, the, this is two teams I like to oppose. Um, Munster because they have a, a poor coach and Leinster because the bookies normally overprice them, um, in my opinion. Or underprice them, um, or the handicap is too big. Um, but yeah, um, I have to take Munster on you. <laughs> I'm going to go for Leinster, Mark's favourite team and Mark always gives it to us for going against Leinster. I think Leinster is the way to go here. Yeah, minus two and a half. That just seems low. Um, it is an away game, but it's, it's still in Ireland. So, yeah, I think the minus is a solid bet, yeah. Right. Well, boys on uh, Leinster there. I'm not going to argue. I think I think Leinster are probably going to do the business against Munster as well. Let's go on to the last URC game. Henrik, we'll start with you with them. We'll get the other guys' opinion and we'll come back to you for best bets before we move on to the Gallagher Premiership. Scarlet's minus four and a half against Cardiff. Welsh rugby, well, they're struggling at international level and they're certainly struggling at club level. Who wins Who wins this battle? Sure, Brent, your guess is as good as mine, eh? Um, so, yeah, probably the plus then if, if you're unsure. Um, but, yeah, this is not a game I'm going to get involved in. It's the last one on Saturday um, for the URC. But it's still the same time as the, the Munster Leinster game. So I'll probably be more involved in the Leinster one. Yeah, I, I'm unsure. Small plan of plus here. Um, but yeah, nothing for me yet. I'm imagining you'll also be focusing more on the Munster Leinster game here, Neil. Anything for you on this one? Brent, I wish I could could come out firing and say this is my strongest pick of the weekend, but I would be I'd be misleading the audience to say the least here. <laughs> No, no strong fancy um, on these. Um, not exactly going to be one for the for the purists. This fixture, 
Um, I, th- I expect some some very low low quality rugby here. Four and a half spread, probably right. Home side, Scarlets. Traditionally, Scarlets have sort of had had the edge in this in this fixture. Cardiff probably have a bit more firepower in the in the back row. Scarlets terrible to back um, as favourites, especially especially at home. So sure, very very tricky fixture to call. If anything, tentative play on the on the Scarlets to narrowly cover the spread, but it is a fixture I won't be looking to get too involved in. Right, Chad, finish off the URC for us. Yeah, Brent, so much like the other two, I don't have a crescendo to end on. Um, yeah, I think it could just be a war of attrition between these two sides. Um, could look at, uh, you know, back and forth the uh, penalties to start and, and, and such. I don't think we're going to see a game of the highest level of skill. Um, yeah, given getting less than a, a try on the minus for a home side in a Welsh derby, I think I'm, if, uh, as, I, as we tend to say, I had a gun to my head, it would be Scarlet's minus four and a half, but even saying that just makes me uncomfortable. So, yeah, I would be betting on this game. Brendan Vessels, the conductor, saying Welsh Derby, take the unders, whatever that line is, and go and walk the dog, and he may well have a good point there. Yeah. Right, but gents, at this point, we've still got a bit of Gallagher Premiership to talk about, but I'm going to get Henrik's best bets. I've got a banner here for you somewhere, Henrik. What have I done with it? Um, but anyway, let me just, I'll just call it best bets for now then. And let's get your best bets before you you depart the scene. And uh, yeah, what do you fancy this weekend? What are your strong plays? Uh, Brent, in, in Super Rugby, um, I like the plus on, on the Moana Pacifica quite strongly. Um, I, I think that's j- just with that Blues team they've put out. I know it might seem as a, a dangerous game, but I think Moana will stay in the game. Um and then the other one on the, yeah, the Hurricanes uh, Plus, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, the Anders on, on the Crusaders uh, game. Um, but, yeah, my strongest one on, on, on Super Rugby is, is the Plus on Moana Pacifica. And then in the URC, I like Edinburgh and I like the Dragons. I like the Dragons, um, the strongest in the URC. So the Plus, plus on um tomorrow night in Durban uh, against the Sharks and then second strongest that uh, Edinburgh on, on the minus and points in that that one if we can get a decent line um on, on the points one and yeah um from both competitions um Dragons on the plus that is my strongest bet of the weekend right excellent Henrik thanks very much for joining us we're going to get on to the Gallagher Premiership a good punting and look forward to chatting to you again soon look out for some of your selections in the in the newsletter accumulator tomorrow. We're going for our third one in a row. I've hopefully turned the corner a little bit as far as the newsletter bets go. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so down below the show. Henrik, thanks a more, mate. Thank you, Brent. And yeah, good luck to all the Panthers. And thanks for a great show, guys. Excellent. That was Henrik Swat. And he's leaving the show, coincidentally, I'm sure, at around about the same time as Mark Dunphy, who just said he's got to leave. And uh, credit to Mark, where he said thanks a lot for the laughs. I think he takes all of this... Uh, as he dishes it out in, in good spirit around uh, Leinster and all the rest. Let's move, though, now onto the Gallagher Premiership. We've got two men who absolutely love their Premiership rugby. We'll start with Neil, top left of my screen. Neil, Sale Sharks, plus one and a half against Saracens. Yeah, Brent, I, I like the Saracens um, quite strong here uh, for a couple of reasons. So Sale have, have robbed a pre at 10. Um, not not much more needs to be said about my affinity towards towards Rob Dupree. I do hope that I never actually encounter him at a night out because it could spell trouble for me with all the the words that I've passed his way over the years. But yeah, so sale massive pack, 
Um, but I just think that Saracens are one of those sides which will be able to to match that pack. Saracens are an exceptionally disciplined outfit. Alex Zazowski is playing some ridiculously good rugby. One of sort of the, the I'm not going to say the fines for Saracens, but just one of those players who just really stepped up to to the plate, converted his, um, really brought his performances to the next level after returning from, from Montpellier there. And I just think that too many internationals littered across the Saracens outfit not to see off a a close fixture against Sale. And I don't think it'll, that'll spook the Saracens too much playing away at the AJ Bell. Yes, it is a night fixture. Um, Sale will get that, um, get the forwards involved, get the big ro um, rolling wall going, get the big pick and drives going. I just think that Saracens have enough players to sort of match that. I expected Tojo to have a big fixture here. And I just see that there's a points line out already at 48 and a half. And I do like the unders there. It's always quite low scoring at um, up at AJ Bell here. And also, if you're a bit nervous to take the unders there, maybe just take a couple of points high. I think you can get under 50 and a half at 0.75. So I think that's a cracking play on a, on a Friday night. Excellent. Well, if you do ever run into him in a pub, I also hope he doesn't have his brothers with him as well for your sake. That's for sure. Right. Let's get Chad's view on the sale sharks against Saracens. Yeah, Brent, I'm, I'm going to agree with Neil on this one. Um, yeah. Saracens minus uh, two and a half, minus one and a half. I see it is on player bets. I would happily take that line. As Neil said, Sale will have a good, big South African pack, but I feel with the likes of Jamie George, Vincent Koch, Billy Vinopolo, Mauro Toje, that's already enough to to kind of um, uh, meet, meet Sale up front. I also feel that uh, Saracens have a backline that is a bit better on paper than what, this, what Sale have. Um, starting Tuilangi off the bench could uh, play a factor. But, I mean, I feel as if we say that every week he starts on the bench and nothing much happens. He hasn't really hit... His straps like he has in the past um yeah it's a must win for sale um which it will add a motivating factor but i believe that there's fundamentally a reason why they're 14 points behind saracens in the table saracens are just a high class quality consistent outfit um, in general um i know they haven't been as consistent away from home as what they would have liked to have been in the competition um as of late but yeah uh, saracens um, on the on the minus for me as well uh, Chad, we'll stay with you for the next game. Northampton Saints minus four and a half against the Bristol Bears. Yeah, so Saints got a good week, a good win against the uh, Irish last week. Irish, Alon and Irish, I think, have surprised a lot of people with um, how they've done. I know they only, uh, I think, they're eighth in the table, but that's a bit better than than what a lot of people would have expected. Um, I think Laws and Bigger are massive for Saints. Uh, one on the one on the forwards, one on the backs. Uh, bigger putting the strings, Laws making the the big hits up front, and and, and being a, a nuisance around the park. Um, I know Irish have enjoyed putting a lot of tries on on various teams um, throughout the season, um, but yeah, it's it, it's a bit of a, um, a bit of a tough one. But I think I'm going to go for for Saints on the tentative minus it being um, less than a than a try. Neil, anything for you on this? I see conductors backing you in a fight against the three Dupree brothers. Yeah, Brent. No, thanks for that comment there, conductor. Um, do appreciate the the support and the comments. It means a lot. Yeah, but I do like the Saints to to cover the spread against Bristol. Uh, if you're just looking at the table, Saints sitting um, just just below the playoffs there with a game in hand. So th these these fixtures are absolutely vital, and it couldn't come at a better time to play back at Franklin's Gardens. I thought the Saints were very impressive last weekend against London Irish um, in underdogs um, in that fixture. So they'll really be looking to kick on at their performance. And Saints are one of those sides. 
it's on their day that they're sort of producing to the level that they can. They are literally unstoppable in that. Franklin's Gardens is a massively fast track. I'll be looking for a nice overs play here. Hopefully get it at about 50 and a half. Bristol, Bristol uh, defense has been very shaky this season. Pat Lamb hasn't been able to build on what he did last season in taking Bristol to the semifinals. Very disappointing season for the Bears. They'll be looking forward to next season um, in a bit of a rebuilding with a couple of incoming recruits for the likes of Ellis Genge um, and AJ McGinty there. So I just think that Bristol, one eye on next season, not a lot to play for out of the out of the competition here. Saints minus four and a half. I like that a lot. I took some minus three and a half early on in the week. I just think that in these types of fixtures, must win for Saints. A lot on the line. Sniff of the playoffs. You just got to back the home side here to cover the spread. Right, let's stay with you then for the next game. Worcester Warriors, the home side, minus two and a half, feed the Newcastle Falcons. No, Brent, another uh, quite a strong fancy here. Um, if there's one thing that Steve Diamond, um, director of rugby of Worcester Warriors, does love, and that's a, uh, it's not a relegation battle because it's been ring fenced now, but a, a bottom of the table clash, especially when his when his side are at home. He hates to lose home fixtures. That's sort of what, what part of his coaching DNA. He sort of installs the facts in the players that you have to win your, your your home fixtures and be very competitive at home. Less important what happens on the road here. So what Worcester Warriors have been very impressive um, in the last few games at six ways. They were able to overturn the Exeter Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. I, I think there was a bit of illness and COVID in the camp a week or two ago. Um, last week's fixture against Gloucester got cancelled. But I just think back at home, those players will be fit and healthy. The medical staff would have been attending to them um, on, on the hourly basis, two and a half. Falcons been awful this season. Nothing to play for. Worcester Warriors starting to build something good. A bit of optimism floating around six ways for next season. Two and a half. Yeah, you just got to take the, the, the minus here, Brent. Nice, confident call on the home team there. Chad, you on the Worcester Warriors as well? Yeah, my, my play is not as confident. Um, Warriors are 50-50 at home um, in terms of their results. Neil makes a good point about the sentiment of the club. Uh, Diamond as well. I think a shrewd operator that he is. Falcons have interesting enough beaten the Warriors five times on the bounce, which is quite interesting, but they are absolutely wild for travelers. I, I can't remember the last time the Falcons actually won a game away from home. So with the line being as, as close to what it is to a, a choice game, um, and, and, and given the points that Neil's already touched on, um, if I were to put a bet on this game, it would be minus two and a half, but I think it's only going to be um, if I have um, some loot in the kitty by the time the game rolls around. Well, we'll certainly hope that is the case. Let's stick with you then for the Exeter Chiefs, minus 15 and a half against Bath. Yeah, so that is a, a very big spread. Um, but nervous in, in the sense that it is um, greater than two converted tries. However, if you look at previous fixtures between the two sides, the most Bath have scored against Exeter is 16. Um, on two occasions, the other three occasions was zero, six, and three. Um, Exeter being where they are on the table at, at this stage of the season, um, playing the team that is bottom of the log, I think will be absolutely gunning for a bonus point try. Um, I don't know if Stuart Hogg's going to be available this week. They ran Leicester, the, the tournament favourites, uh, somewhat close towards the end of the game last week. It was squeaky bum time for the Tigers. Um, so I think if uh, Exeter can carry on that momentum, I know Bath of Underhill could could cause a bit of havoc in the forwards, but with the likes of viewers and, and such in the back row, I think Exeter will have enough in the forward pack to to compete with whatever Bath have um, to throw at them. So yeah, I don't know. I would probably maybe look 
at Exeter Overs. I believe it's Wayne Barnes on the whistle. They'll be absolutely manic for a bonus point try. Create a bit of a buffer between them and the chasing teams, which have a, a game in hand on them. Um, so, yeah, I, my play on this game will probably be an Exeter Overs, maybe an Overs uh, tries for them. Um, yeah, and then on the minus as well, but, but small, because I don't see Bart scoring too many against them. Neil, what's your strategy for this one? Yeah, Brent, um, I like that Chad touched on Wayne Barnes of the whistle. I wasn't aware of that, so it definitely shifted my my focus there. Um, Son of a Punt have always maintained that Wayne Barnes is fantastic um, as, a, as a plus backer. I did like Bath on the plus here. I just feel like Exeter have been woefully, woefully out of form, um, and I just pinpoint that to one reason, um, the, the goal line dropout. So they can't, last season they were so effective at that, close to the line, that latch where they could just push and drive over the line here. They've had to sort of rearrange, look to play a bit more off 10, a bit more one-off one off runners here. They've been held up a couple of times over the line. So far less effective in the in the red zones for the Chiefs this weekend. Um, sorry, not this weekend, this this season. Bath have, have almost turned a corner here, lost uh, three games on the bounce without a loss. Two, uh, two victories and a draw last weekend against against Sale. 15 and a half, not a lot to lose for this Bath side at the moment. A couple of nice recruits coming into the Bath setup. They're really just trying to mend the, the structures behind the scene here. 15 and a half for me. I just think that Exeter will be happy to just get over the line and just get back to winning ways here. I do think that they will push for a bonus point, but I think Bath will be quite plucky customers here. So at 15 and a half, more than two converted tries, it's looking a bit big for me and I will be, will be taking some, some Bath plus here. Right, let's go on to Gloucester up against Wasps. Minus three and a half, the home team. Sorry, Neil, I'll start with you. No, Brent, I like I like Gloucester to cover the spread. Gloucester have been uh, the pick of the sides for me this season and sort of how they've turned around last season into this season. Really just found their identity and the way they play. Playing to their strengths completely, they got the best rolling more in the, in the competition been absolutely formidable um, at King's home on on their home turf wasps are the type of type of uh, side where they like the the ball a lot looser so they won't be they won't be too keen to go up to King's home and just battle that rolling more all day the fans sit right on the edge of the stadium there they get right behind the side sort of just cheer on each push in the scramble the mall here at three and a half I, I really like Gloucester to cover the spread here and then just touching on the league table here so Gloucester it's in their hands if they want to make the semi-finals if they win their remaining Remaining fixtures, they're through to the playoffs there. So no slip up for them on the cards. The coaches would have been drilling that in their in their heads. Nice chance for for playoff rugby to return return back to Gloucester this season. Chad? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Neil. Um, the last two encounters between these two sides have been um, close. However, Wasps have lost three on the bounce in, in, in the Premiership um, before a close win against the Falcons, who we know aren't exactly God's gift to rugby. Um, and yeah, I think Gloucester have the the power and the motivation. Um, you know, given all that Neil was just so eloquently described, um, to to easily cover a three and a half cap against the Wasps, who have been, if anything, uh, inconsistent over the past six uh, six weeks or so. Right, we're going to get into the final game in, and Chad, we'll start with you. London Irish against Harlequins. The Irish plus one and a half at home. Yeah, this is a great way to end a Sunday, I think, if you're a Gallagher Premiership fan. Um, Quinn's um, in the top four. Irish have been a surprise a lot of people this year. Um, but, um, yeah, I think to just to uh, make a, a long story short, I'm going to back Quinn's on the minus here. Um, 
I think they'll get massive boosts with the likes of Don Brunton Co coming back. Again, team news is going to be vital. I think um, they will want to get um, a hit out and, and, and some continuity and, and a bit of um, you know uh, you know steam, as it were, before they play Montpellier, who are top of the French league at the moment next week in the Champions Cup. So they're going to see this game as one that they need to to perform well in. And I feel like they they will put. Um, an Irish side away who who wobbled against the Saints last week, conceded 40. And uh, I think the wheels have, have come off the, the Irish side, or I think this weekend will prove that the wheels have come off an Irish side whose squad, if you look at the top eight, is, is, is probably the weakest amongst the, um, amongst those teams. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite, quite confident on the Holocons minus one and a half. I think that's a great bet. Right, Neil, final game? Yeah, Brent, confident play on the on the Harlequins minus. Chad touched on on the team news there. Uh, Marcus Smith and Don Brand starting straight into to that side. Harlequins infinitely better side with those two to operating and just ro- do the roaming that they do on the park. I've been waiting all season for London Irish wheels to fall off, and it seems like it's finally happening. So I'm more than happy to to get behind this Harlequin side. For me, this is a this should be a, a five and a half, six and a half spread. Harlequins just absolute absolute quality outfit. They know that this will be a, a tight fixture. London Irish have been quite solid on the road. This surprised a couple of big sides, put in some big performances. But I just feel at this point in the season, London Irish seem to have run out of a bit of steam here. Harlequins going to shift into their championship mentality. Champions Cup next week, playoffs to look forward to. I think that the coach will be drilling it in that the in these sort of tight must-win fixtures away on the road. You just got to get a result here. So Harlequins minus one and a half, quite a confident player. Excellent. Well, thoroughly enjoyed that Gallagher Premiership chat. Can certainly hear how passionate you boys are about the Premiership and how well you know it. And there's probably quite a few bets that I didn't think I'd be getting involved in that I will now be taking and certainly throwing into the weekly ACA. But it's that time. It's time for a best bets. And Chad, let's start with you. What are your best bets on the weekend? Thanks, Brent. Thanks for having me on. It was a good show. Um, and yeah, good luck to everyone um, having a go this weekend. Um, so yeah, uh, my best bets rest in the URC um, and the Gallagher. Um, the URC it's going to be Newport Brent Dragons on the plus. Um, will be Bulls on the minus, and then in the Gallagher, um, it's going to be Quins on the minus minus one and a half. And then depending on the Exeter line with Wayne Barnes and the whistle, um, Exeter overs there. If I can get a line in and around thirty, that would be awesome. Um, and then in Super Rugby. I think, and I'm not, yeah, I know, I know everyone in the comments and the, the punters uh, like the, the Canes, but I think um, the bet that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of quietly confident on is, is the Chiefs uh, to cover the minus four and a half. Um, but yeah, my best bets are definitely the, the Bulls, uh, the Dragons, the Quinns minus, and then perhaps Exeter overs if I can get that line at around 30. Right. Thank you for your, your bets there, Chad. Right, Neil, your best bets. Yeah, Brent. Um, my best bets definitely form in the in the prem in the URC. In the prem, I love love Harlequins to beat uh, London Irish. I really like Gloucester to cover that minus two and a half against against Wasps. I do like Warriors to cover against um, Newcastle. And then in the URC, I love Dragons on the plus against the Sharks. And I really like uh, the Bulls um, to cover the spread against Ulster. And if, I, if you really pushed me for a best bet in Super Rugby, it would have to be Hurricanes plus five and a half against against the Chiefs. I think that's a that's a cracking player at this at the Caketon. 
Excellent. Well, there's nothing like coming into the show with one of your best bets being the Sharks minus and having everybody absolutely shoot me down. It feels a little bit like Chad, I guess, on that on that Chiefs game. But I'll certainly be giving some reconsideration to that. Guys, thanks very much uh, to get my best bets. You'll uh, subscribe to the newsletter down below. We've also got a link to the forum thread where guys share their bets. Neil has already made a good post on that one, summarizing all his selections for the weekend. Been great having you on the show. Thanks to all the boys in the live chat. Always good to have your contributions as well. Have a good weekend's punting, everyone. We'll see you next week, Thursday, for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. Thanks, guys.